You're listening to audio from Calvary Gravenhurst in Muskoka, Ontario. For more resources or to connect with someone in the church, please visit calvarygravenhurst.com. This week's sermon is taught by lead pastor Benjamin Emery. Christmas, everyone. Well, a 25-minute trip took us an hour and 10 minutes, but we made it with a few detours, so we're thankful to God for that. It's great to see so many of you here. I really didn't know what to expect. I'm going to read to you a reading from Micah chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Uh, The prophet delivered this message from God 700 years before Jesus would be born into the world just as the Assyrians were invading Israel and their lives were radically changing. Now, daughter, who is under attack, you slash yourself in grief. A siege is set against you. They are striking the judge of Israel on the cheek with a rod. Bethlehem, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be a ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity. From ancient times, therefore Israel will, abandon, will be abandoned until this time, when she, when she who comes into labor has given birth. Then the rest of the ruler's brothers will return to the people of Israel. He will stand and shepherd them in the strength of the Lord, in the majestic name of the Lord his God. They will live securely, for then his greatness will extend to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. Well, God, we come together thankful that uh, you are the God who commands the storms, the snow, and you've all brought us here safely, and we thank you for that. And Lord, these who are gathered together come together to remember the greatest event in human history when you came to this earth. Help us to just reflect upon that and the meaning of this great event in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, about a month ago, the world hit another one of those historic milestones. It reached a population of 8 billion people, 8 billion lives, 8 billion souls, each uniquely made, each searching for purpose, uh, for hope, and for peace. I think of them sometimes all over the world. Maybe you do. They're alive right now on this Christmas Eve. Many of them are young women coming into adulthood, wondering if in a sea of faces, in eight billion faces, if if they matter, does anyone even see them? Do they have a purpose? I think of the young men, many of them wondering how they're going to provide for their families when it seems like so much opposition is stacked against them. How will they protect their children from an increasingly violent and scary world? In 1952, on Christmas Eve, Pastor J.B. Phillips said, We face today a world torn and divided by sin. A world, the worldwide evils and sufferings seem more overwhelming than the previous eras. And how much more so 70 years later in our time? I think of the billions of uneducated people struggling in poverty, living hand to mouth with no education, no options available to them, being told 
by the religious leaders that God could never love somebody as low as you. I think of all the educated people so full of knowledge in the Western nations with good-paying jobs and the newest and best technology at their fingertips. Uh, tonight, they sit in their middle-class homes, uh, flipping through different posts of their friends or their favorite celebrities, comparing their holiday season to those they're seeing. And yet, this generation with everything is so overwhelmed with an anxiety that they can't even begin to explain why they have. And who can forget the elderly people all over the world, born in the 40s and 50s and 60s, who now face the reality of their mortality, that their bodies are weakening. Uh, many of them are separated from loved ones in nursing homes and old age homes. Many are facing Christmas without that person that they loved and lived so much of life with. And many are thinking about their death and when they will leave this earth. And do they have an eternal hope? I think of the 8 billion hearts that are beating throughout the world right now, this Christmas Eve. Many of them looking for someone to lead them, someone to protect them. Some, many of them looking for strength to meet the challenges of the day. Dreaming of living in security someday and having a lasting peace that can't be snatched away by circumstances. I think of them. But you know what? Times may change. Technology may change. The years go by, but human nature stays the same. For 2,000 years ago, the world had no skyscrapers, no four-lane highways or factories. It was a world of 300 million people, not 8 billion, who lived in homes made of mud and sticks, who walked on stone roads and dirt paths, who worked in fields with their hands. But they too were searching for purpose, for hope, for peace. So let's go back there for a minute to that first Christmas on 0 AD. What was happening in Israel up to that day? Well, if you turn in your Bibles uh, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, you'll find the forgotten page. It's called the white page. It's a white page that tells a period of 400 years of darkness in Israel. 400 years since God had spoken to the people of Israel. 400 years and God hadn't moved. 400 years of ritual and formalities and sacrifices without any indication that God was even hearing or interested in their plights. 330 years of foreign occupation, first by the Greeks and presently by the Romans. Century after century, people wondered, people questioned, people cried out, has God forgotten us? Where is the one that Micah spoke about 700 years before, who says he will stand and shepherd us in strength of the Lord, that his majestic name uh, will be from his Lord God, uh, that we will live in security and that his greatness will extend to the ends of the earth? Where is the God who promised us peace? They would ask. I can think of them in that time. There's Mary, 14, 15-year-old peasant girl, a young woman living in a time in a place where women had no rights, where they had little protection, and they had few options, wondering, does anyone even see me? 
in this vast world? Does anyone even care about me? I see her busily working around her house, engaged to a man she probably doesn't even really know that well. I think of Joseph uh, trying to build a house for his young bride, wondering how he's going to provide for them when the combined taxes of the Roman and King Herod was about 70%. How would he protect his wife and his someday daughters from dangerous men who lived in that land? I could see the shepherds stuck in a cycle of poverty. They were illiterate. They gathered around a small fire each night to watch over their sheep, believing, because they were told by the religious leaders, that, that they really did, had no value, that they were really lowest on God's totem pole, and that God would never come for them. I can see the wise men coming from Babylon, from the east, with their wealth and their power and their intellect. Uh, they had read the manuscripts that, David had that Daniel had left there when he lived in Babylon. They had read Numbers 24, verse 17, which spoke about a Messiah that would come. And they came on this six-month caravan ride from the east, following a star which they hoped might lead them to the fulfillment of the prophecy, that the king of the universe might come. That maybe there would be something that would give them true satisfaction. That maybe they would find out there's more to life than just going through the motions. That maybe there was someone truly worthy of their worship. I see elderly Simeon and Anna long into their years, having lived their young life and their middle-aged lives, and now their bodies are weakening Simeon, having experienced all the trappings that society and religion has, is looking. Is there salvation for this sin which has my soul and my body in bondage? Anna, with her few possessions, a widow of over 50 years, yearned for the redemption of her people and of the world. There they are, all come, having come to Bethlehem, men and women, Different than us, but yet so the same. Like us, yearning, searching, with hopes, dreams, heartaches, sadnesses, joys, losses. Searching for eternal answers to life's questions. And then the Bible says... And then the angel came to Mary and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will you will name him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And then, the Bible says, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
And then the Bible says, the angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news and great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. And then the Bible says, There was the star that they had seen as it was rising. It led the wise men until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with his Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then the Bible says, Guided by the Holy Spirit, Simeon entered the temple when the parents brought the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God and said, now, master, you can dismiss your servant with peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared in the presence of all the peoples a light, a revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people. In Israel. And then the Bible says, at that very moment, Anna came up and began to thank God and speak about him to all the peoples who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This Christmas, we remember that 2,000 years ago, light came into the world. God sent his son into a dark and sometimes hopeless world to save us from our sin, to rescue us from that darkness, to give himself as the perfect sacrifice so that we could have a perfect eternity. He came for the young women to tell them, I see you. I love you just as you are. You don't have to change and be what everyone else says. And I can free you from those anxieties that plague your life. He came for the young men to save them from their sins and failures, to give them a new life, to give them a hope for their future, to lead them as they lead their families. He came for the forgotten, for the poor, for the untouchables of this world. He came to save them and adopt them into his family as royal children, as equal of value as anyone on this earth. He came for the Westerners, wealthy who's tried everything that this world has to offer and yet are still miserable. If they will humble themselves, he will by no means cast them aside. And he came for the elderly to tell them, even though time is winding down on this earth, you can have great hope for the eternity to come. For he says to you, You will be his peoples, and God himself will be with you and will be your God. And he will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and death will have no more, and grief and crying and pain will be no more, because the previous things will have passed away. Christmas is humanity's answer to all the generation's problems. Christmas reminds us that all the strength we need to face the challenges we face are found in Christ. 
for the security that we desire on this earth and for the security and hope that we want in the future. It's all wrapped up in this baby in the manger because this baby would grow and 33 years later he would give himself as the perfect sacrifice. God himself would die in the place of man. God would be born into the most humble of circumstances and give himself in the most shameful way to take our shame upon him. And all we need is to not be like Herod, to not be full of pride. Herod, who lied to himself and rejected the Savior, even though forgiveness was there for him, his pride kept him from receiving that forgiveness in God's grace. All we must do to receive Christ is be like Simeon and take Christ and embrace him with everything that we have. Have you done this? Because it's not good enough just to come to church, to receive the true message, the true faith, the true hope of Christmas. You must embrace that baby Jesus, and he will change your lives. Let's pray, and then we will conclude our service. God, thank you so much that you came for all of humanity, that anyone, no matter where they are and what they've done, can receive you. And you promise to give us a hope that will never be snuffed out by this earth. And so I pray for each of the people in here that they would be able to walk away this Christmas and reflect tomorrow just on the gift that they've been given, that God came to the world and that even if they were the only human on this earth, God would have still come to give himself as a sacrifice for their sin. And what a great and awesome gift that is. Forgiveness and a new life at Christmas. Thank you so much. Lord Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon audio. For more resources or to connect with us, visit calvarygravenhurst.com.